0: Hello, sports fans, and welcome to Reed's Roundup, a new podcast brought to you by Waverly Newspapers. My name is Reed Catullus. If you recognize that name from the the newspaper, you are not mistaken, because I am the sports editor at Waverly Newspapers here in Waverly, Iowa. I'm very excited and, and happy to bring you this new podcast, wherein I will be sharing my five thoughts from the past week in sports. Each week, I will be touching on the happenings with the area high school sports teams, Waverly, Shell Rock, Janesville, Denver, Clarksville, all the rest. And I'll also be touching on national sports stories, too, collegiate and professional. So welcome. And with that said, let's get this thing started. Number one, the Cyclone Boys trio is packed with potential. Think of the most famous big threes we've had in our culture over the years, mostly in sports. I'm thinking about the Miami Heat of 10 years ago. LeBron James, Dwayne Wade, Chris Bosh, or the 08 Celtics with Paul Pierce, Kevin Garnett, Ray Allen. It can apply to football, too. I mean, I used to love the Philadelphia Eagles in the, in the mid-aughts with Donovan uh, McNabb, Terrell Owens, Brian Westbrook, or even the current Chiefs with Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, Sammy Watkins, Damien Williams, Mitch—oh, that's more than three. I bet. But the point is, there's something infectious about a dominant trio on a team— and this brings me to the Denver boys basketball team, which features a big three that's hard to top. You have Bryce Phelps scoring 15 points a game. You have Kyler, you have Kyler Mathias, who scores, who also scores 15 points per game. And you have Isaac Besh, who scores 13 points per game. These three guys are what makes the Cyclones run, and the main reason Denver is 13-5 this year, and on a five-game winning streak after beating Wapsie Valley again on Thursday night in Fairbank. All three of those guys are killing it during this five game run. Mm-hmm. But it's been Besh whose who's, who's star has shown the brightest, as he scored nearly 16 points per game over the past five. It's exciting to think about whether Denver can make a run if these guys catch fire. I could see it happening. To make matters better, they're all juniors. They'll all be back next season. How much better can they really get? Now that the NFL season is officially over, it's time for fans to turn their attention to the tail end of the NBA season, or MLB's spring training, which is right around the corner, or some will focus more on college basketball, and many have their eyes tuned on college football's signing day. However, some people are excited for something a little bit different, a little bit wild, and that is the XFL, a brand new football league that that debuts Saturday. It's an eight-team league owned by Vince McMahon's Alpha Entertainment, and it's the successor to the original XFL, which ran for a single season in 2001. I'm sure you remember. It's when the players were able to wear customized nicknames on the back of their uniforms, and it was kind of insanely violent. Um, This XFL season will last for 10 games and will hold a two-week postseason. Cities that will participate are Dallas, Houston, L.A., Seattle, Washington, D.C., New York, St. Louis, and Tampa. And unlike the previous iteration in 2001, this XFL will not rely on the controversial, flashy, pro-wrestling-inspired gimmicks like it did before. It'll be interesting to see how the league does, but precedent says the odds aren't great. Football leagues other other than the NFL just don't fare well. I mean, just last year, we had the American Alliance of Football, the AAF, which folded after just a few months after running out of money. The XFL is simply banking on the fact that football is America's favorite sport, and people will watch even if it's not the, the, the top product. On a personal note, my girlfriend is from St. Louis, and of course, a few years ago, St. Louis had to wave goodbye to its NFL team, the Rams, who, play, who now play in LA, thanks to the wretched Stan Kroenke. But on Sunday, St. Louisans will be able to watch their newest football team, the St. Louis BattleHawks. I don't love the name who will play at the Dallas Renegades, also don't love the name, I mean, a lot of these names are just generic, on Sunday. I wish good luck to the XFL because I'm always firm with football. It's the best sport. Maybe the league will help stave off our football hunger until our favorite league, the NFL, comes back again in December. September, I'm sorry. Number three, the Kansas City Chiefs made the beginning of a dynasty. Listen, I know. I talked about the Chiefs last, last episode, but I promise this is his last time. You already know this, but my Kansas City Chiefs won Super Bowl 54 31 to 20 over the San Francisco 49ers last Sunday. Kansas City is still partying. So are the players. The city held a parade Wednesday and Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, and all the rest were drinking beers, fans were falling out of trees, and the million-plus that surrounded Union Station in Kansas City had a celebration to remember but something important happened Friday morning. Patrick Mahomes posted a video of himself working out in the Chiefs' facility. He's already focused on next season. And that's big because it displays how bright the future is. Casey has the best player in football at 24, and he's going to be a Chief for life, hopefully. Travis Kelsey is locked up. Tyree Kill is locked up for the future. So is Taron Matthews, so is Frank Clark. We have a legendary head coach and a young general manager who has shown his team building is next level. I'm not saying the Chiefs are the next Patriots. I don't think we'll ever see a dynasty like like the Patriots again. But it's really hard to think about the next decade and say the Chiefs won't win a few more rings. Everything is there. The chemistry of the team is fantastic. All the pieces will be there for a while. I mean, it blows my mind to think about the the endless possibilities of this team, and it's truly a blessing. I'll move on. I know you're tired of it. Number four, my Oscar selections. My title is sports editor, but sports are not my only interest. I love movies. And with the Oscars being held Sunday night, I'm gonna use number four here to quickly share my picks. If you disagree, just drop me an email and we can hash it out. Okay, for best picture. It was really an amazing year in movies and this award could go out to five of the nine nominations and I would not be mad, but my pick has to be Parasite. I would put Parasite narrowly over Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, narrowly over 1917. Joker would be last. Now, the odds favor 1917 heavily, and while the filmmaking of that movie by Sam Mendes was revolutionary, nothing on that list matches the feelings Parasite gave me. Bong Joon-ho did a, a remarkable job of showing the anger and frustration that class divisions create, and I was shocked at how the movie shifted from being a comedy at the start to a horror movie at the end. I loved it. Best actor in a leading role. Joaquin Phoenix is going to win this, I have no doubt, and he probably should deserve it just because of the, the, the lengths he went through to display a Joker we'd never seen before, you know, the, the, oh, the 50 pounds he lost, his portrayal was just fantastic. But for me, it has to be Leo DiCaprio. Leo's portrayal of Rick Dalton in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood was way more nuanced than it gets credit for. He plays an actor on the, downs, on the downswing of his career who has massive insecurities. It's really good. I, w- I would have also loved to see Adam Driver win for his role in Marriage Story. That big argument scene with Scarlett Johansson was just awesome. Best Actress in a Leading Role Renee Zellweger is going to win for Judy, and I can't weigh in on that because I have not seen Judy. But if Scarlett Johansson won for Marriage Story, I would be thrilled. She owns the screen in this one, and the long, uncut scene of her breaking down her unhappiness in her marriage brought all the feels. Actor in a Supporting Role Brad Pitt, only because his cool guy essence is unbeatable and the way he chucks a, do- a can of dog food at one of the Manson murderers has not left my brain, nor will it ever. Actress in a supporting role. Right now, Florence Pugh is one of my favorite actresses on the rise, but Laura Dern's uh, vicious portrayal of a divorce lawyer in Marriage Story was really good. I guess I really just like Marriage Story. Now those are the awards that I really only care about, but let it be known that Toy Story 4 was awesome and I might've cried in the theater. Moving on. Number five. The Super Bowl halftime show. Uh Uh-oh. Now, during the Super Bowl, I was in Power and Light District in Kansas City. I was probably more nervous than I've ever been. So when Shakira and J-Lo got on stage, I did not care. I usually don't care about halftime performances, but this year was even more so. I didn't care at all. I used that 30 minutes to go to the bathroom, get a drink, talk to some family, and ponder why Kyle Shanahan did not try to score on the Chiefs before halftime. So all the outrage that, that came after the halftime show kind of took me by surprise. Now here's an important note. If you disliked the halftime performance, thought it was inappropriate or set a bad example for kids or whatever, I value your opinion. Everyone deserves to have their own opinion and I'm not going to tell you you're wrong. With that said, I don't think the backlash is warranted at all. Think back to last year. In 2019, Adam Levine, the star of Maroon 5, performed at halftime with that Super Bowl, got on stage and performed with his shirt off. I don't love Adam Levine. I don't care that he took his shirt off because it's a concert, it's a performance. But in hindsight, I don't think it's any accident that no one was upset about Levine last year. But JLo and Shakira have people up in arms this year. Listen, if the per- if the performance upset you, just switch the channel, turn the TV off for a few minutes. No one is watching you, forcing you to watch it. That's all I have to say about that. Those are my five thoughts. Thank you so much for listening to Reed's Roundup. Um, Sorry this one wasn't really as much about sports as it's really advertised to be, but I just had a few other thoughts in mind. Um, Again, please reach out to me if you have any feedback, questions, or concerns. I would love to hear from you. I hope you have a safe weekend, and we'll see you next time.